Good morning. This is Ruth Wittstein, and you are listening to A Northerner Stuck in the South, a little podcast about A Northerner Stuck in the South. Um, I hail from Minnesota, and I won't say where I am in the South right now, reasons being that, well, we'll get over that. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute or two, but this is May 1st, so happy May Day, everyone. Um, so I don't really talk about who I really am. That's my pen name or where I am in the South because, um, the political climate down here is a little interesting to say the least. And And, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, if you know me, I like to smoke my little teeny cigars, and I know I have lupus, um, but I smoke my cigars only when I do podcasts. That doesn't excuse the habit, but we are in the midst of a pandemic right now, and, and we're in lockdown, um, sort of, kind of. Today, though our state was to open up. We have been in. And now I'm nervous about that because we're talking everything's opening. I live near a lake in the south that has got all kinds of campsites around it and places for people to go um, to mingle and congregate and they've opened up those areas too. So people are going to be out boating and doing all their fishing and all that kind of stuff and camping and we happen to live, which we didn't really realize when we moved here, in a place where it's very seasonal and in the summertime it's a big deal. It's hot here though because we're in the south. but. It is also, you know, near the water. We have a nice big, huge lake here. And so lots of people come, excuse me, and um, before this happened, um, it seemed as though, though, but right before this happened, it seemed as though the security, or the, excuse me, I said that wrong, the, um, Tourism was on a down swat spiral, you know, but now since we've all been in lockup or, you know, like in that shelter in place business or lockdown or whatever you want to call that, <clears throat> the, uh, they just opened up these, um, parks and stuff and camping places. Well, everybody is coming out of the woodwork to go and they're drinking and they're, they're, they're not doing the social distancing. I, I think I also brought up in previous podcasts that people out here in the South, massive Trump supporters out here, they don't believe this is a real deal. That the COVID-19 was a real deal. I think some of it was. Um, it's weird. It's like half the people believe that it was, but it's not as serious. And the other half believe it's it's a deep state hoax. Yeah. Germany. Deep state hoax to to um 
take down the president is what is what and you know it's what their Fox News said this and then also um, a lot of those people a lot of those people that are around here feel that way you know they're just trying to do the president in <clears throat> interesting thing about the economics around here it's extremely uh, suppressed we are very um, repressed I don't know how you want to say that I should know shoot dang um, it's very um, a very poor place very poor in the south and what's interesting to me is that poor people especially southern poor people of the white persuasion not the african-american persuasion but the white persuasion pretty much only the white persuasion really support Donald Trump it's a big deal for them and <clears throat> it makes no sense to me because he doesn't do anything for them you know all his all his tax cuts and everything were for the rich Every, you know pretty much all his policies benefit only the rich they don't do anything for people that are poor Healthcare system sucks. Uh, he doesn't have good plans in place. Affordable Care Act, to be honest with you, as much as I loved Obama, wasn't as good as I wanted it. I wanted total universal health care. And I think that's what Obama was striving for, but Congress at that time was largely Republican when he was in office, so he couldn't get that to pass. The his from what I understand. You know, you could hear him talking about <clears throat> wanting to have universal health care. Everybody would have it. But, you know, in negotiations with with the Republicans, that didn't go over really well because, you know, they equate everything, universal health care, things like that, with socialism, which to them means communism because they're stupid. Or maybe they're not stupid. Maybe they realize that socialistic medicine would work <clears throat> and because it would <clears throat> excuse me I thought we have trees I know I'm sitting here smoking but we have these trees right by my place they're just loaded with they're, they're big huge bull pine trees and they are just the pollen right now I mean it's May 1st is rampant I mean everything's green and Flowers are blooming and everything is so beautiful, but the pollen, holy buckets, is out here just getting me. Um, anyways, yeah, universal health care or Medicare for all would be the best thing ever um, for all of us in this country. I'm doing laundry again. Can you hear my washing machine so loud and obnoxious? I am very sorry. This time I, I come out here and do my podcasts and I do laundry and so in the background you hear all this. Duh, 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 you know. Anyway, um, I, have bad, I have an old laundry machine. <laughs> I am, I'm a green kind of person in the sense that I always hang my clothes out on the line. I don't use a dryer. I wash my, my dishes by hand. I don't have a dishwasher. Um, I, <clears throat> my washing machine is old and I'm willing to 
patch it and work with it until it finally says goodbye. I don't like buying new things every five minutes. It's just such a waste of money. It's bad on the on the environment. So, you know, yeah, my stuff goes bang, bang. <laughs> Makes all kinds of noise and stuff, you know. Okay, sorry about that. husband came over to talk to me and I had to start my wash again I had to put in a second rinse yeah I have a, my washing machine is so old and decrepit only got one rinse cycle <laughs> anyways uh I don't even know what I was talking about I think I was rambling and which is what this is basically about me rambling and rambling but um <clears throat> rambling about the coronavirus pandemic and but no, a lot of the people out here still think that <coughs> this is a hoax. Um, they don't believe it's real. The coronavirus, as I sit here and cough, I don't have corona. We had a scare. My husband came down with symptoms. And we were scared. Because we all been feeling a little bit under the weather. But we also have pollen so thick in the air here. I literally live in a sea of pine trees and wildflowers and crepe myrtle trees and just a bunch of things that give off pollen which has caused us and that's what they figured it out when he tested negative they he's you know they made him stay home social distance inside the house you know but um his test came back negative so that was lovely i mean they tested him because he's 62 and he had a cough, he had all, you know, fever and all that business. And, and, um, he had, he is a smoker. He's worse than me. So, you know, all those things pointed to that. And he told him about my health condition and what have you and our child and, and everything. So he, they said, okay, you know, we, we're going to go ahead. It's very hard to get a test. Okay. So I all these little interruptions. My dog buddy was chewing his, he's not supposed to chew. Um, since we've had him, we've noticed he's had this issue about chewing and the vet said they think it's a nervous chew, you know, but he's made his skin uncomfortable. So he's got ointments, we're treating him for hot spots and also, um, takes pills for nerves and this and that. And he's really old. He's like 17 years old. And we think that he was literally abandoned by the people who had him the old man died and the kids had come out to feed him and stuff and then they just left him and this cop ended up finding him underneath his his um cabin and then finally towards the end of the summer because he was only there in the summer he had to go back and he didn't want to leave that dog there so he you know, he'd been feeding him and everything but um and he noticed this dog looked like he'd been tied up and then just let loose or he got loose or whatever but whoever it was it was feeding him stopped and he became but his chewing seems mental like it's a mental condition it's not a it's not chewing because he's got problems so but then hot spots too you know I mean we live in the south but anyway so he's the only he has the cone of shame <laughs> that he could wear and I don't like to put that on him so what I do is I just distract 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 I try very try hard <coughs> excuse me to do that as opposed to you know forcing him uh, to wear that cone 
this way, you know, we're going to try to break the cycle too. Get his mind off of it. Get him engaged in other things. Anyways, back to the whole Trumpy thing. It's really bad here. And people are almost venomous about their feelings. Except for my good friend that's down the street. She's real sweet. And uh, she she knows how I feel. And, <coughs> excuse me. I really do sound like I've got something. But it's I swear it is the darn pollen. Because he's negative And we never go anywhere. My daughter and I just don't go anywhere. And um, we've been on lockdown for, you know... <laughs> long time since it started. Um, I did go to the store. Was it last week? But I mean, I have my hazmat on literally, and I people were looking at me like I was crazy. I was just, I'm an ex nurse too, and I'm very careful hand washing, what have you. I'm sure it's possible, but I don't feel sick. I just feel like I've got allergies. And if you, the wind blows and you can watch the yellow pine dust, that's what it is. It looks like yellow. These little tiny pine, little tiny seeds that blow off this yellow dust and it just comes floating down. Like right now, I'm watching it. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a cloud. And it's just making me sneeze like crazy. And I hate taking medication for it. So, anyways. Oh, I'm a little out of sorts today, though. Speaking of medications, though, I had a hard time sleeping last night, so I did take Benadryl, which should help me with allergies. Took a Benadryl so I could sleep. I was on melatonin, and it seemed to work pretty good, but I think I'm just stressed. And my sleep is all, you know, messed up and what have you. My husband is in the process of trying to get a new job. He's, he's still got his old one, but they're very political there. And I don't know if I went over this, this podcast, but previous ones, how he got suspended for doing the right thing. He told the truth, which meant that somebody else was going to get a little bit in trouble, you know, for some, not trouble, but you know, talk to or whatever. Well, apparently they didn't like that. <laughs> he's an inspector in this shop and he inspected something and he couldn't pass it. He had, to, they had to know that they had to fix what, what it was that was wrong with the product before it got sent out. And so he went through the appropriate commands and all that nonsense. I found that out. And because he pointed these things out and he just said, you know, we need to re redo this thing. And I think it would be a good idea if we start training people who seem to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Maybe we train them. Maybe we give them a chance to learn something new. You know, he was being very decent about it, and they went after him. They suspended him for seven days over that. Come to find out, it was an argument between the two girls, the boss's owners, the, bo the owner's daughters, about who, how you should proceed with this. And the girls were fighting. They fight all the time. They're sisters. And my poor husband got stuck in the middle and ended up having to stay home for seven days. And without paying, they won't pay him back. He used up his sick time. Well, then now he went and um, he had to stay home for this COVID thing. I mean, he's got the paperwork saying to stay home until your results come back. And even after that, you're supposed to stay home. 
for a full 14 days just to be safe, okay? So no other symptoms arise, and he's doing great. Well, anyways, he's supposed to be entitled to this emergency sick leave business that the government had put out there. They denied it to him. She said, oh, that doesn't exist. You don't get that. He said, but by law, and she says, no, we've already appealed it. We got your letter and everything, and we just went ahead and appealed to the labor board, and you're not going to get this. We're not going to pay you this these two weeks. You're just going to have to take it without pay. Holy mother, I mean, I was so angry. So not about the payment because we had money stuck back, but that's our nest egg. That's okay. You know, take it in stride. That just made him realize how much more he didn't want to stay there because if they can't do honesty, if honesty isn't something they can handle, and if doing proper, you know, abiding by the law is something they can't handle, you know, then he's not, it's not worth staying there. And I told him, I know what the deal is. And he didn't want to believe me, but it is the truth. Everybody there except for the people they laid off, they also laid off some people when this COVID thing got really bad, and everybody that they laid off was a Democrat. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> they were people that had voted for Hillary in the last election. Those people got laid off, and the Trumpies got to stay. And so, um, and then when they get mad at him for being honest and decent and good and Trump tactics is what I call it. It's it's like a it's like a thing. If you do the right thing, but someone else is going to have to like be told to do something different or fix their problem or whatever. If you do the right thing or whatever, point out a a, a problem. Not a good thing. There, they get angry. A lot of jobs are like that. I used to work in corporate medicine. I was a RN in a research hospital for 27 years in a NICU. And I understand it's research, but, um, you know, I understand that newborn ICU that I worked in was in the, they were doing researches on evidence-based practice and stuff and doing their studies and what have you. But the thing is, when I discovered there was some uncouth things going on, uh, they, um, they, they disciplined me, you know, so it's possible for it to happen in every walk of life. If you point out the naughty things that are going on or the underhanded things that are going on in a place and they, you know, <laughs> they discipline you for showing the truth or blowing that whistle as it were, <clears throat> that's just you know, that's bad business for me. I don't like that, you know. And over the years, it just got worse and worse. I was a very young graduate. I graduated from nursing school when I was, uh, I hadn't even turned 20 yet. And so that's very unusual for someone to be so young out there. Graduated with honors too. Um, but yeah, I, I worked 27 years, roughly. So um, I retired when I was 46, but I'd been a nurse for 27 years, and <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, I saw a lot in my career, 27 years, good and bad. I saw a lot of really good doctors, I saw a lot of really bad doctors, I saw a lot of really good nurses, I saw some bad nurses, 
saw some underhanded things go down in the in the medical field that just you kind of when you're when you're young like I was and I'm sure there's many nurses out there and doctors out there too any person actually you're, you're full of this um, mission right to save the world you want to get out there and do the you know the patch Adams thing <laughs> patch Adams is all about saving the patient and treating them like people and you know anyway I was a lot like that too but the deal is you point out the naughty end of medicine or the naughty end of any profession if you're the one that believes in the good and you point out the bad there's more bad there than there is good if they're all on the side of that bad underhanded business I promise you're gonna get you know punished just like in the White House you know the, the whistleblower and you know all the people that 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 at that time when they um, testified against the president really I mean you know his bad dealings and what have you they were all fired all fired for telling the truth Wow you know I mean that's just that goes to show the bad character of Donald Trump but that trickles down into businesses all around that are pro-Trumpy, especially out here, that their attitude is like that. And they might have had that attitude before, but they love Trump because that justifies that, their attitude. He, he's the only, re the only reason that man is even in office at all is because he's, he's appealed to a crowd that is a, a bigoted crowd and and his hatred towards you know anything other than white pretty much um, he he appeals to the biggest in the world the racists the neo-nazis the white supremacists he appeals to all those people and I tell you it's just Oh my God, you know, just watching his rallies, which I can't for more than just a few minutes, but I, I like to see what it is he's saying that's causing this intense hatred towards the right thing to do. These people really believe that being bigoted and racist, you know, racist and homophobic and xenophobic, they really believe that this is God's plan. I don't understand where that comes from. Or to deny the poor help. That's another thing that just blows my mind. A lot of the people that follow him are evangelical Christians. And, you know, the Bible teaches. You know, I'm not a Christian. I'm just saying, though, for the sake of Christianity. The Bible teaches, Jesus taught, Jesus taught that you should heal the sick, feed the poor, right? Yeah, don't judge, things like that. And yet they all totally don't listen to that. And they, 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 it's like they went back to the Old Testament where there is talks about the homosexuality and what have you. But I think that was also a control issue. Um, it's not really discussed much in the New Testament from what I could read and definitely not in Jesus' words at all. So the thing that's interesting is how they use Jesus, but in a wrong way. Yeah. I, I, I know, I can see what would happen if the actual Jesus were here today. If he showed up today looking like he did back then, 
you know, woolen hair, dark skin, basically looking. He might even look a little African-American, Middle Eastern, what have you. If he was dressed in the, in the tunics that he wore back then, the whatever, you know. And uh, I'm sure he was the cleanest of people. I'm sure most being where he was and being out there in the, in the dust and the dirt of that time period and not, um, you know, their bathing practices were different. They didn't have all the lovely good smell and stuff that we have today. What I'm trying to say is, is if they were faced with the Jesus of then now, they, they would probably stone him or send him or deport him or whatever. They'd be freaking out. These Jesus freaks of today would be like, uh, uh, he's a white man. You know, I mean, they wouldn't be able to believe that that was him and they would probably, you know, just totally turn their backs on him or send him, try to deport him. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's sad. It's funny and sad at the same time. It's very disturbing to watch these people. And they get themselves all around circles with their, with their talk. You can't talk them out of it. You can't explain it to them. You can't explain it to them. It's like speaking to a wall, literally. They don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear the truth about who Jesus really was, for one. And for two, um, when you call them out on their bigotry and, and just say, golly, you know, that's really not very Christ-like. Oh my gosh, they just, yeah, they can't deal with that. I was very angry yesterday, um, a little angry in my podcast, I was talking about, I'm a gay rights activist, by the way, LGBTQI activist, absolutely. I believe these people are wonderful. I believe they have a good, um, they, they are, they are important in society. We need them. They are a backup plan for many reasons. There's so many things about them. I don't even think they understand how important they themselves are to the world. You know, I have theories on this and they may sound crazy, but you know, I have a gay brother, by the way, who's missing in action because and I say in action, not in the war or anything like that, but he's missing. I haven't seen him in over 30 years, probably 33 years now. No, let me take that back. 31 years. I haven't seen him in over 31 years. It's a long time to not see a family member. And it's all because of the fact that he came out of the closet very openly, finally, and pissed my family off. Yeah. You know, my, my folks are very staunch Republican. They're dead now, but they were <clears throat> very staunch Republicans. And they didn't know what to do with the whole gay thing. It's my parents. Said, I don't have to do with the whole gay thing. You know, don't be so gay in front of us. You know... I hate that when straight people say that. Don't be so gay in front of me. Well, don't be so straight in front of me, right? Uh, yeah, let's turn the tables. How stupid does that sound? Don't be so, don't be yourself the way you were born in front of me. Ugh. That's what it sounds like. That's what a gay person hears. You know, when you say that to a gay person, don't be so gay in front of me, it's what you're really saying to them is don't be the way God made you or don't be the way you were designed in front of me. Don't do that. You're asking them to forfeit their birthright, their birth, how they are. That's just wrong. I'm sorry, but that is just wrong. You, you know, that is, to me, the ultimate sin when it comes to gayness, okay, is not being who you are. Not, not that you're gay. Uh-uh. No, that's not the sin. It's if you cover it up and hide it. 
and don't be yourself, your beautiful, wonderful self. That's a sin in my eyes. And, but it's also a coping mechanism too. I understand that because if you lived here where I live and you were openly gay, you might get stoned. You might find that burning cross in your front yard. <laughs> Seriously. So I understand the reason to hide. It's kind of a, kind of a, a it's hard to be yourself when it becomes, you know, it's just like anybody of color can tell you this, the bigotry that goes against them. My daughter is Native American. She received, oh my gosh, during 9-11 was beat up. Native American, okay, now, Native American Jew, just like I'm a Scandinavian Jew. My mother was Scandinavian Jew. My dad, um, I guess I, I guess you'd say I'm Scandinavian German Jew. I, I you know, I kind of have that background in my background my world and you know then and I have physical features okay then you bring my daughter who's Native American she's part of me add all that together physically looking she looks like she just hopped out of Israel and I'm not you know you've got physical characteristics that people will will pick on her she can't help who she is she was born that way you know just like the black person was born that way they're born looking like that what are you supposed to do I mean, how dare people behave like that, you know? And nobody's born racist, okay? You're born black, you're born, you're born gay, you're born straight, maybe, you know? Or like me, I consider myself, I'm going to be truthful here, I consider myself fluid, meaning that, anyone that, that that's in the gender, gender, of the, hold on. That's in the gender world, too. I sometimes just don't feel much like a woman today, you know? Like, I feel more like a guy. Or I feel like nothing at all. I just feel like, you know, I feel like me. I'm just in there somewhere. And as far as, like, who do you fall in love with? Am I... Do I sway towards women or men? Well, I have a man in my life right now. I do. But I have been attracted to women before, so what does that mean? I don't really know. Is it bad? No. Is it sinful? No. And it wasn't their physical appearance I was attracted to. It was the person inside themselves that was that, was their charisma, it was their being, it was their soul. I didn't even see their, their actual sex, male or female. It was not an issue there. So what does that mean? Huh. I don't know. I just, I think we put too much emphasis on girls must look like girls and boys must look like boys and we must have every, that, 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 and we have to keep this and it's sinful to, you know, for you to be attracted to men when you are a man. No, it is not. In my eyes, it's not. And I am, I, I feel like there's a reason. My reason, here's my reason. It may sound totally off the wall, but in watching animals, watching people, watching nature, you see these tendencies for same-sex partnership in all over, in the animal kingdom, in the insect kingdom, in the whatever, you see it everywhere. And in the, the, the human kingdom, if you will. In all these species, you see the same-sex partnership going on, even when there is other options available. Why does that happen? Okay, my thoughts are this, and this may sound crazy, 
but it's nature's equilibrium. <clears throat> Without having some people that, if they were to, you know, they stay, if they were same sex, you know, a same sex person can't procreate with a same sex person. Do you see what I'm saying? They can't same sex. They come out right. Okay. Two women in love can't procreate with each other. You see, two men in love with each other can't procreate with each other. So what does that do now? Could they go off and get artificially inseminated? Sure, and that happens, and so on. That's cool. But do you know what they do, though? A lot of these same-sex couples, which is awesome, and you already know this, they adopt children. They take in children. That I've I've read a lot of interesting bits and pieces and snippets of how beautiful it is that this same-sex couple adopted all these children that were literally discarded by who you know see so they're the backup plan in my eyes Native Americans there are some Native American cultures that believe they are considered to be the blessed ones they are the twin souled ones twin spirited ones and they are to be revered and they are the they have the ability to stand in two places at once and that is a huge honor in these certain cultures. Now, <clears throat> other cultures look at it as an abomination. Why is that? I, I don't understand it. I don't see it. Never did see it. In fact, when my brother came out, the first time he was, he kissed his boyfriend in front of me. I was 11. And my mom, oh, my washing machine is unbalanced. Can you hear that? <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Okay, um, now, my, my, uh, my brother kissed his boyfriend in front of us. I didn't even know he was the boyfriend. See, I, nobody knew. They just thought they were buds, you know, friends. They were hanging out. He leaned over and kissed him on the mouth, and they both embraced each other, and then his friend left, and my dad just... And I saw it, but my mom put her hand over my eyes, and she was freaking out. Here's the deal. <clears throat> At 11 years of age, because you know, my mom and dad were kind of vocal about some things, but we didn't talk about that. I didn't see the problem in it. I just went, oh, huh, he likes him like that. That's cool. And my mom got mad at me when I said that. She says, that is wrong. And I said, really? I didn't think it mattered. They looked so happy together. And she got angry. And my dad got angry. And then for a little while, we didn't see my brother. And then he came back into the fold again. He had, you know, had been with this man for a long time. And they broke up. And then he was on his own and came back to home to go to college. And my dad made the comment to him, don't be so gay in front of us. Keep that gay under wraps, please, because you're going to embarrass me at this college. And I love my folks very much. I do. But that's archaic thinking, you know. I mean, they're just speaking what they were taught. That's, I really believe this. I believe a lot of this is just generational ignorance and it's easy to hate someone like that, and I do sometimes. I get angry at them, but I have to understand, too, is where is it coming from in their world? It's, it's, it's rooted in ignorance. It's rooted not in science. It's rooted in ignorance and just uh, dogmatic religion, which a lot of times can be ridiculous. We've seen that. So, you know, I mean, so many different ways of looking at that, but... He said that to him. They said that they had a little chit chat when he came back to go to school and he was staying at our house. I had one of the rooms there. 
hello there, Orangey. I got kitty cats and doggies everywhere. Yes, I do. We have a lot, a lot of wildlife, and I mean, just they come and go as they please. Okay, so anyways, um, but he said that to my brother, and I just remember sitting in the living room, hearing this conversation, and I was now, I was in my last year of high school and in in nursing school at the same time. I was doing both. Okay. And I just remember, I looked at my brother, and he just kind of put his head to the side, and I said, I just got up, and I walked into the kitchen, and he, he shook his head, no, like, please be quiet, don't say nothing, okay, don't say anything, just shh. And I just touched my brother on the shoulder, and I said, how can you not be yourself? Wow. You're telling him to stop being himself. Can you stop being yourself? Dad, Mom, can you stop being who you are? I mean, when did you choose to be in love with each other? When did you choose to be um, heterosexual? When did that choice come to be? And my dad just blew up in my face. He said, that is, you're born that way. Everyone's born that way. This whole gay thing is a choice. And I said, I don't understand how it could be considering how much bigotry is out there in the world and how many people pick. How can it be a choice? You don't choose something that is obviously going to cause you pain and suffering on purpose. I, don't, I can't imagine anyone would do that. So I don't think it's a choice. I think it's, I think it's how he feels and who he is. And I mean, you're asking him to stop being himself. The whole world is, and it's wrong. But I said, you know, I can't, I, I, my brother just was like, Pat, you know, please just let it go. It's okay. I'll try hard. He did. He stuck it out for like a year and a half doing the best he could. My dad tried to fix him up with girls. It didn't work, you know. <clears throat> and they they all knew he was gay. And the interesting thing, the younger crowd could have cared less. It was the older crowd, the teachers and stuff that had problems. The older teachers. I'm not going to say the younger teachers did. The younger teachers seemed to not care, right? This was like the early 80s. They didn't care. So it was hard, you know. And, um, and then finally one day, I guess, I woke up to the argument in the living room and they were having it out, and then uh, next thing you know, he's gone. I never saw him again. Talked to him briefly on the phone from time to time, but now I can't even find his number. He, his number went went dry, as it were, and he moved. And I mean, it's just like he was trying to cut ties with the whole family. And I was his advocate. I was the only advocate in the family, pretty much. Everybody else just turned their back on him. Even though maybe they deep down said they didn't feel that way about him because of his gay, being gay, his gayness, whatever. My brother was my brother. I loved him dearly. He was genius. He was a wonderful man to sit around and talk to, and he just loved him, and he's gone. And so I see that a lot in families, and I see a lot of youth being put out on the streets from their parents who discover that their kids are gay, and they just throw them out the door. It's like... It's like they're discardable. Oh, you're gay? Get out. Jeez Louise. I wouldn't want to be you when that day comes and you stand before the maker, as it were. Because something tells me that isn't going to be something they're going to look very highly on, you know? I doubt very much you're going to get good marks for that behavior, throwing your child out the door. But they always, they always tout the religious, well, I can't have that. I'm a Christian. Don't throw that Christian card around. That's BS. That's BS all over the place. It makes no sense. 
if you believe in Jesus Christ, you truly believe in Jesus Christ and what he said, you'd understand that he didn't say anything at all about gay people being wrong, bad, or otherwise. Nothing, nothing was mentioned in his personal words that is recorded in history. <clears throat> and he's an, he's an, he's an enigma anyway. There's very little proof in truth. There's very tiny amounts of proof that this man ever even existed. So you've got this entire religion based on this, these loose, very, very minimal amounts of archaeological evidence and, and proof other than just this book, which has some writings in it, which, you know, I mean, shoot, what are they going to think in the future of Harry Potter? Think about that. Think about in the future. Like, let's go, let's go like 3,000 years into the future. Let's just, let's just fast forward 3,000 years and imagine the whole world has changed and things have fallen by the wayside and someone uncovers a Harry Potter book in an excavation out here somewhere. And they read it and they think it's like, they think it's like gospel, they think it's like a religious text. What if? Just what if? What if they think that's what that is? And an entire religion suddenly gets based on Harry Potter. Okay, do you see where I'm going with this? What if? Things were unearthed and have you, what have you. Now, word of mouth kept the religion, I guess, alive. But even so, if you study archaeology and study the history of the church, you find out that a lot of these practices that we have now, even the belief that he died on the cross for your sins, <clears throat> all of that, I think, came later. So it's like this stuff was all brought up later, way after his no longer being here, see. After he left. It's very interesting, isn't it? Confusing. So you've got all these people, and you've got the thing that's disturbing, too. One of the things I, I noticed, well, okay, so we have the First Amendment of the United States, which is in that amendment is freedom of religion, which if you know anything about the Founding Fathers, most of them were Masons. You know what Masonry is? Masonic Lodge. Study it. Little bit of little bit of Christianity, Christianity in there. Lots of ritual. Seems almost like uh, some witchcraft happening in there. You know, their that that was the founding fathers. Okay, so you've got that, and they they drafted this document. <clears throat> they wanted freedom of religion, basically also for freedom from religion. Basically saying that you know religion should not probably be the only thing that rules this nation and the concept that this was one nation under God that was not in the beginning at all not at all in fact that whole thing in the in the Pledge of Allegiance I believe I have to look to say what date that was added but the original Pledge of Allegiance was not one nation under God wasn't in there <clears throat> it came later like in the 50s maybe or was it the late 40s I have to look and see I, I'm not gonna get the date right so I'm not even date it but I'm just saying all of that came later. So when people start yelling and screaming in this country, especially the conservatives who want to throw their Christianity right in your face, and this is one day under God, we're going to go back to rah, 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 rah. Okay, look, the founding fathers didn't have it there like that. And if you study what they really were, you'd be shocked. A lot of them. <clears throat> look at Benjamin Franklin. He was considered to be one of the founding people. He was kind of a scientist person, wasn't he? He was big into science and I mean, he's, uh, 
it's just interesting the misconceptions of who these people really were and the misquoting of the Pledge of Allegiance because the original one didn't have that in there, you know, and just a lot of ignorance and stupidity. And I'm ignorant too. I have to go back and sometimes check my own facts, what I thought was real. This was, you know, but the whole, let's go back to the gay thing. People put that out there and they use their religion to say that it's wrong and okay you know who's to say what Jesus was even like I had a friend of mine who is Catholic shall we say ex-Catholic I, I worked with her at the hospital and I got in trouble for being a champion for gay people <laughs> I got in trouble at my work yeah for being compassionate towards a gay couple by the nurses that were around me that were really staunch conservative and they were also these I call them thumpers Bible thumpers and they were always trying to convert you know <sighs> but they didn't want to take care of that couple so they always gave those kinds of situations to me and I have no problem with it because I always thought that they were joyful to take care of I took care of two ladies that were had a baby in the NICU I took care of a couple two guys that were adopting a baby in her NICU. I just, they were wonderful people. Anyways, um, a friend of mine who was like me, a staunch supporter of the LGBTQI community, she said in front of this other lady who is very, very religious, it was a nurse and who was giving us all kinds of grief and dirty looks. And she looked over at me and she said loudly for this woman to hear in her NICU, she said, you know, it's really going to surprise her one day when she discovers that Christ himself was probably gay. Oh my God, the whole unit of those people, like my lady that was giving us the dirty looks, it just blew up. And it was a screaming match in the NICU. They had to bring, they had to bring someone in there to shut us up. I was like, guys, guys, there's babies in here. You can't yell, you know. And they were just like, how dare you say that he was without sin. Being gay is not a sin. I mean, it was, she was going at it with these people. And, yes, it is. No, it's not. Well, the Bible says, well, your Bible is not that old. Think about it. You're, you're banking things on the new religion. Okay. All right. How do you know any of that's true anyway? Someone probably just found that stuff and, and translated it the best they could. They don't even know if the translation's correct. You could be making all this crap up. It was on and on and on. And that's what got me thinking about Harry Potter. It's like, what's going to happen three or 4,000 years from now when somebody uncovers the first or uncovers, you know, a leather bound? Because they, you know, she's got those in her, on the website. You can buy a leather bound leather bound version uh hardback editions of harry potter what's going to happen when somebody finds this boxed set in this really official looking chest and it's these little leather bound you know harry potter's first year second year what's going to happen when someone finds that three thousand years from now are they going to think it's a religion that what went on you know what i mean and it was purely entertainment okay so you see where i'm going with that what if that's the case of, you know, that? What if that's the case of what, of what happened with the Christian religion? I mean, who's to say how all this came into being? You've got your ideas and all this, but we, none of us were there. We didn't watch this. I mean, the Buddhists, there's some Buddhists. I'm more Buddhist than anything. I think I've told you that, but um, there are some Buddhists that actually think that Christ didn't die on that cross. Jesus didn't die on the cross, that he was helped down 
and um, the whole idea of his legs being broken, all that kind of stuff, you know, or the spear. I don't think they broke his legs. They, you know, they stuck a spear in his side and all that. All of that could have been made up um, and that he could have been let down and that he survived and he was whisked away and then he came back. Or he was whisked away to the to that tomb area and, and you know, that the, that the he was ministered to, you know, helped. And he survived it and then three days later he comes out of there He's really alive, and then he says, don't touch me, maybe because he just wants to have an enigma about him, and then he escapes. Because who's to say he went willingly? Oh, the Bible says. I don't know if the Bible says he went willingly. I don't think, you know, I think there were words that came out of his mouth that said something about, Father, why are you forsaking me? Right? I mean, who's to say? We're none of us were there, and we're dealing with, a book that was translated and translated and translated and translated and pieces of stories put together to create this whole thing called the Holy Bible. And it's been happening over, you know, over the time. Who is to say if the translations are even 100% correct? And who's to say if there's not more books out there that discuss his life, you know? So you've got, you've got people now that are trying to say that, you know, we need to move this country into theocracy, that we need to let God rule, which means that they want the Bible to be the book of everything. I know in the past, you know, that was something they wanted to do too. Theocracies never work because there's too many differing religions, not to mention, I mean, I really, you want to base an entire... I'm going to legislate the Bible. You want to take the Bible and have it be be part of the legislation. I just don't think, just don't think that's right. You know, even that whole putting your hand on the Bible in the courtroom. I just don't think that's putting church and state together. And I don't. We're supposed to have a separation of that. You should be able to say, "I solemnly swear," and that should be enough. You shouldn't have to put your hand on a Bible. You know, I I don't. Because what if you're not Christian? What if you're what if you're Hindu? What if you're Muslim? What if you're, you know, Buddhist or you know like me? I'm a little bit of everything. I do love the Jesus guy. I love what he stood for. I love how he championed the poor and he was there for the for the sick and and he wanted people to love each other. That's what he taught really more than anything. It was just to love one another no matter what. Which is hard when you've got people spewing and spitting in your face, yelling and screaming, and calling you names in the name of Jesus. It's hard to love people like that. And you just have to watch, like, you know, the protesters of this shelter-in-place business. You just watch the protesters. Some of these videos of these people protesting. Um the lockdown or the, you know, the shelter in place, carrying guns, storming capitals. I didn't think you could have guns in these buildings, but apparently in some buildings you can. I found that out. I was very upset when I discovered that in Michigan, you know, they actually opened the doors, let those people in. So that the total story that where they stormed the Capitol, it was more of a, they let them in. They took their temperatures as they walked in the door and that kind of thing. 
Okay, so, but they were allowed to protest inside the Capitol building. I don't really think they should have been allowed to have their guns. I know one thing for certain, if they had been of another ethnicity than white, um, I think there were a few people in that group that might have had some darker skin tones, but not many. The majority of these folks were white, screaming and hollering and yelling in the faces of the nurses and yelling in the faces of the, because there were some nurses that came for silent protest against the protesters because they were like, you know, what you're doing is literally making our job harder because you're going to get people sick and then you're going to overwhelm the healthcare system. And then, then those that actually did pay attention and behave themselves, if they need healthcare, they're not going to get it because you guys are going to just, you know, I personally think they should be denied it. I know that's rude. That's not even a very Jesus thing, is it? Uh, but to be denied if you're a protester against what's common sense to keep this COVID from spreading, you shouldn't be allowed to get health care. You should have to sign a waiver saying that I totally understand what I'm doing is wrong and it's against health experts. It's against common sense and that I could be spreading the illness and blah, blah, blah. And But if I do come down with the illness, I respectfully decline care. I will not... I refuse the ventilator, blah, blah, blah. You have to sign all that and before you could continue with your protest. Otherwise, you're in violation because you are going to make people sick. You shouldn't be allowed to overwhelm the healthcare system purposely. I think it's just crap. So, anyways, but now back to what I discovered there as I was looking at all these videos, the majority of the people were white. And some of these were coming, these, uh, were happening up north and they were carrying confederate flags what the hell is that you know michigan and minnesota and they've got folks waving confederate flags and some swastikas and they're yelling that they love trump 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 and they're waving their confederate flag or they're waving their swastika my god that's just you know and the swastika also misused because it used to have a sign of good fortune but it the 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 nazis took it and made it into something else right? During, you know, Hitler turned it into something else. So that's disturbing. And, um, but they were waving that because there was a lot of white supremacist groups there, but they were allowed to do that. Now, what if we, what if that whole band of people protesting were Native American? In Standing Rock, they, they were protesting clean water and clean land. And they were met with tear gas and water sprays and all kinds of stuff. And these guys were unarmed. The, the Native Americans were unarmed and they were um, peacefully. They were singing and dancing and doing this kind of stuff. And they, were, they weren't being violent. And yet they were met with violence from the government and from the private people that were putting the pipeline through that standing rock there and the, the Dakotas. It was just, it was disturbing. The despair, the, the changes, the, dis, the, the, uh, what's the word I want to look for? Just the inconsistency, you know, the white folks get to protest carrying freaking assault rifles to the, to the capitals. That's perfectly fine, but you're going to meet peaceful protesters of native American descent with water, tear gas, guns. A little girl got shot. And Standing Rock killed. She was 11 years old. I, I can't remember how old she was, but there was a death there. Yeah. And 
what if they were black? What if what if the people that stormed the Capitol were black carrying those guns? Oh my God, they they would have opened fire on those people. The police would have probably. I mean, I it is white privilege happening at these protests. Why? Because Donald Trump said in a tweet prior to them protesting, liberate. He was egging them on. Liberate these cut and the the particular states that he said liberate in his tweets, his little Twitter storm at night, those guys, those people were the ones that went forth and protested like crazy and pro-Trump, pro-Trump. And Trump just, oh yeah, well, they're just having cabin fever. They need to get out. No, they broke the law. They had guns on, on the state capitol, you know, steps inside the building. You're okay with that. We'll have to protect their second amendment rights. Oh, wow. Wow. But if they were Hispanic or Muslim or, uh, gosh, if they were anything else, but a white person, white Christian, we'll just say that I'm just coming out and say that, then you're just going to, you know, Treat them terrible, but these people get a pass. I don't think so, folks. That's wrong. That's bigot. That's racism right there. And it's not reverse. It's just, I don't like to use the word reverse racism. It's just racism is racism. I don't care which way you look at it, but it's racist. It's racist to think that white folks can, can protest, but no one of color can. No one of different ethnicity can. It's wrong. It's wrong. I'm coming up in the hour here. I've rambled on and on, but this is my podcast. It's basically a rambling type podcast. I just, it's a journal, you know, speak my mind. Not a pro-Trump podcast, I'll tell you that right now. Um, but yeah, I, uh, my name is Ruth Wittstein. Sorry, I'm just like tired. Ruth Wittstein, and this is a northerner stuck in the south, and... I hope you guys have a good day. Be safe. I'm sure there'll be more things I cover tomorrow. I, you know, one thing I didn't bring up in this one here and I'm about to lose. I've got two minutes. I watched a little bit of the news and saw how Mike Pence had gone to the male clinic and didn't wear a mask, even though that's the rules there. And he tried to say that he didn't know. His wife said that he didn't know, but apparently he did. And a journalist knew that. And so the journalist put out the fact that he did know the policies. Now Mike Pence wants to discipline the journalist for telling the truth. Once again, we have the, I'm telling the truth and we're going to suppress you or we're going to this or that. We need to vote these people out. Anybody with common sense needs to get out there. Or if you can do it by mail, awesome. Vote blue. I'm not trying to force you, but oh my goodness gracious, if we don't do something, we're going to lose our country. I feel that. I feel like our country is going to just go by the wayside. If we keep having this strange administration, the Trump administration in um, office, it's an odd one. And I just, I don't, it's like a cult. It's like a whole weird cult that I can't understand. But anyway, I'm at one minute now. That's all I've got left. So I want you to have a good day. Wash your hands. Stay away from people still anyways, because six feet apart at least. Okay. All right. Peace out.